Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. And it's great to be together. It's great to come and worship the Lord and come and focus in on him. I put my feet out of bed this morning onto the floor and I thought, I can't do this. And I had to turn to a scripture from memory, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's in his strength, his strength. Would you take your seats, please? I just want to honour the pastors of this house, our senior pastors, Pastor Andrew and Rachel. The the two of them are working solidly, having a holiday right now. (laughs) So we love you guys. Also, Pastor Greg and Pastor Rhiannon work so hard. Here too, we are blessed to have them. Uh, Also, Pastor Ruth, we are so delighted. And at Nil, we have the shepherds up there, Brian and Alison, who are working hard. Let's give it up for them. So this morning, here we are. This is what I saw sitting over there this morning. I saw Jesus. I felt I saw Jesus walking up and down the rows. He's actually interested in you. He's more interested in you than you are in you. You see, he went to a cross to pay for you. He paid a price. He, He was not stopped by the cross he saw beyond and I just feel this morning he is still moving up and down the rows of the people here he is looking at you and he's talking to you as he does still small voice he loves to talk and so he does and so he is calling you I just feel this morning there is someone here you're saying he is talking to me I need him if that's you would you just lift your hand so that we can pray for you as you encounter Jesus. He will make the difference in your life. You will never be the same. You will be fulfilled and complete. You will go through some trials. It won't be easy. It's never easy. But he is faithful because he walks with you. Is that you this morning? Would you like to lift your hand and say, yes, that's just me. We have two people here. Let's just put a hand across towards them. Let us pray this morning. Father, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come upon these two precious people. We thank you that you brought them here this morning and that, Father, they've come to really meet with you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, would you take them and lead them forward as a shepherd leads the sheep. Father, we thank you for them today and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. We have got fabulous pastors. We have two daughters who are pastors of churches as well, so we're kind of surrounded by them. It's all right. We often travel to each other and we're on the phone to each other and we talk a lot. But uh, God is good. God bless nil people. Bless them as they worship together today. I'd just like to make some comments about Come Alive. Um, Our pastors went away and they really sought the Lord for specific words for this year. And they came back with these two words, come alive. And they took it from Ezekiel chapter 37. And I just feel this morning to to kind of pause and hover over that little, this passage again, the valley of dry bones. That's what we're looking at. Ezekiel 37. 
Verse 4 to 7 says, Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Ezekiel was looking at a valley of dry bones, absolute death, no hope, no life whatsoever, and he probably kicked a few and they didn't even respond. And then he began to prophesy, speak into them, Life And it started with the, the joints coming, the bones coming together, then the flesh came on, and then the, the wind or the spirit came in them. And it says, and they stood up, not an army, an exceedingly great army. That's who stood up at the prophetic word. The prophecy was given. You know, I believe that even Jesus looked at a valley of dry bones. And I want to take you there this morning. It's found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. This particular day, well, let me back up a bit. Jesus had been baptised by John in the Jordan. He'd come out with the anointing of God on him. And then, of course, he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness, and there he was tested and tempted. And then he comes into Nazareth, his hometown. And he goes into the synagogue and sits down. And then the attendant brings him the Torah or the Old Testament and hands it to him. And Jesus thumbs through and he finds Isaiah 48. And he stood to his feet and began to declare this prophetic word over himself. It's kind of like if you need a prophetic word, Jesus would say, go to the book. You'll find this plenty there. And there was plenty there. He just chose one of many. And I want to read this passage to you. Isaiah 49 or Luke 4, 18 to 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the dry bones. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's the dry bones. He has sent me to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. Freedom to the dry bones. I and recovery of sight to the blind. They cannot see with spirit eyes, but they will. That's what I see. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And there's many or several here today. You may be feeling oppressed. He's come to set you free and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So when Jesus declared this word in the temple or in the synagogue, it was a word over himself and it was a word over the people, the audience, hometown audience. They'd come out to hear him. And it said they said... Uh, Wow, he really speaks so well. He teaches well. I like what... And they began to sort of go along that vein. 
But Jesus, I believe, when he declared that word, saw you. He saw beyond the cross and he saw you and me. He said, I've come to set you free. I've come to set you free and to lift off the blindness so that you will see. I've come to, to, to release the captives. I'm just going to take you right out where you should be. That's me. I look at a valley of dry bones and you will stand up. A strong and mighty army. Let's give it up for the Lord. Come on. He is the one. We are his army. Can I say this? It was not plain sailing for Jesus. Same audience. Jesus goes on and teaches them a little bit more. He makes it a little bit challenging. And they get a bit uptight with him by this stage because he's making it sound like it's so, it's so narrow, the way, that you can no longer be a Pharisee and get into the gates of heaven. And so they become restless. And when Jesus walks out of there, they walk with him and they kind of bump him along to the cliff and they're ready to push him over the cliff. Can I say that when you start speaking a prophetic word, there usually is some opposition somewhere. It's not plain sailing. There will come challenges at your feet that will come and say, I'm going to wrap you up with chains. It's as blatant as that. And Jesus found just those things happening in his experience. Several years ago, my dad bought a, bought a piece of land. It was 5,000 acres. It was in the Riverland up near Berry, Barmra, Renmark. A dry seven-inch average annual rainfall. Now, he had an uncle who was rich. And this rich uncle came to my dad and said, look, I'll, I'm happy to pay the deposit for you on a piece of land. You go and choose where you want to go. Well, I don't know why, but my dad chose the most, you know, Spinifex, Mallee, Sand Hills, dry, dusty piece of land. And uh, I left school somewhere around that time and st I started to help him develop this, this 5,000 acre did I say five or seven? 7,000 acre it was. And so um, that meant chaining and dozing and using bulldozers and doing months and weeks, years actually, to try and... And we divided this piece of land up into 12 paddocks, fenced it. We put water troughs, that is, into each of those paddocks for sheep. And then we started to crop some. And my dad seemed to have this unique way of farming that conserved the moisture in the ground, even in a drought. He seemed to be able to manage the, the covering, the vegetation, and he seemed to and make this property productive. It seemed that inside of my dad, there was a desire to look at a valley of dry bones and say, I can do something with that. And he did. And I, he taught me some skills along the way in this whole thing. However... I want to encourage you all today to get hold of your valley. Don't just wander by, but stop and begin to prophesy into your valley. I don't know what your valley is, but I know you will have plenty. We all do. And so it's time to address what's in your valley.
come alive. Let's see it come alive. Things that have been impossible, let's see them come alive. Where we've had to press through, we've had to spend some time, we've had to become diligent, we've had to get ourselves out of bed in the morning, we've had to get into the word, we have to pursue. You see, Jesus looked at an even bigger valley of dry bones. When he gave a commission to his followers, he said to them in Matthew 28, he said, go ye into all the world. That's how big the valley is. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. Jesus gave his disciples the green light, the okay, the go ahead to go into all the world and we as well. Our world could be in a classroom. I teach in a school or several schools and uh, I have to approach my day like this. I go to the Lord and I say to him, where's your hand? I grab his hand. And then I head for the school. I've got his hand. I go to the school and uh, I go into the office. I sign in. And then I'm led around to where the classroom is and I go into the classroom I've still got this hand. I've got to hang. I've got to see what's happening for the day, and then I'm told a whole bunch of things. This student needs medication. Blah 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 blah, all the way through, as Judy would know. So I go through all that, and then the students actually arrive. Parents do too, some, and they come in, and some come in the classroom, and I've still got this hand through the day. I need to hang on to this hand because I need his hand. I need his strength, I need his guidance, I need his wisdom because I'm addressing a valley today. Every day is a new valley quite often and new situation, new bones and, and I've got to just prophesy and my prophecy is very often just peace. I want peace in the classroom. I love peace. I can teach all day if there's peace but I don't always have peace. I want to take you to this thought this morning that in getting hold of your valley to come alive, we don't just want to know about God. We really do need to know God. We need to come right before him each day. In fact, Psalm 85 verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. Sometimes we need continual revival. Just more of him, that's all. So this morning, some of you may be seated and some of you may stand, but inside you may be laying down. This morning, God wants to revive you. He wants to send you out into your valley with declaration, with prophecy. In Paul, he says, just, just forgive. Don't hold back on prophecy. He says, don't forbid to prophesy. We'll find that scripture a bit later, I think. But God's word. This is where I go for my prophecy. Words of encouragement. If I need healing, I go to the word. If I'm in doubt, I still go to the word. Now, I have a large print Bible, only because I, I need it. And uh, I'm doing well without my glasses on, but I, I find that... Uh, uh, large print helps me and 
It's a large Bible. It's all good to be on the little screen if that's for you. It's not, I, I find I need, I need the book. I love the book. Then I, can, I try and read three chapters a day, usually in the morning. Um, I like to stay in the one book. There's 66 of them, uh, 39 and 27 in the New Testament. But I try and stay in one book and I just put a tick in the top right-hand corner of that page and then I turn over to the next and continue through about three chapters. Sometimes I get stuck on one word and I, I can't, I've got to linger. Um, but take, take your Bible. I'd suggest it be a hard copy so that you can put a tick and you can circle some verses that really are prophetic and just for you for that day. It's amazing how God's word is relevant every day for every situation. Take the word of God. Take it into your heart. Value it. You don't only get the, the word of God. See, I'm astonished that God put it in a book. And he says, I'm giving you my word. In fact, Jesus used the same book. He used the word, the promises from the Old Testament when he dealt with the enemy. It, it fitted. Jesus, this is his book. But let me say this. We don't only get the word of God, but we get the author as well. We've got the God of the Bible walking with us, talking with us, explaining, teaching. Oh, let's, let's hunger for more of God's word. Can I encourage you? Um, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, it says in John 1. So right from the very beginning was the word of God. It's been around. It's been tried and tested, and here we are today finding nourishment in the word of God. Your valley, get a hold of your valley. Take your Bible and find the scriptures for your valley. It will impact. It will change. It will transform your valley. They will, and it might be that you are looking at family members in your valley. It could be failed marriages. It could be broken relationships. It could be financial poverty. It could be a whole string of things that you are looking into. Take this book. Yet yeah, people will help you, but this book abides forever. That's how long it will be around. And Jesus, when he declared that, made it real for us. The word of God. If Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Get deeply engrossed in the word of God. Can I encourage you this morning? Um, um, the importance of understanding what Jesus said when he said that heaven and earth will pass away but his words abide forever. Jesus made a declaration that's in Matthew 24, 35 that is true. Back in the Old Testament, the writer of Psalms, he said this in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Listen to this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What a great psalm to find that God's word is exactly that. And so we have today 
an understanding of the word of God comes to us when the spirit of God teaches us and shows us what he is saying. In Colossians 3.16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. That means let it settle in you. Don't just take it and move on. Let it work in you. Let it show clarity in the prophecy that he wants you to bring. And so it will. And my heart is not always soft as it should be. There's times when I remember things that I shouldn't and there's things that I should remember and I still don't. I have the ups and the downs too. And I find that not every day the wind is blowing the right way, it seems. I've found it's a full-time job to keep Ian on the straight. I've got to get him up in the morning and he doesn't always want to. I've got to get him in the lounge so that he's going to read something. You see, really, I, I prefer to hear from God first before I have something to say. I've got a lot to say, but I would rather hear him. In fact, I'd rather hear him even in this meeting than hear the preacher. I'd rather hear the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You see, he's given us ears to hear. We can. But as I said earlier, just a minute ago, it's not always easy keeping Ian on the path. He's, he's got to, I've got to watch what he watches. I've got to turn stuff off, uh, even preachers. I've got to be careful. I've, I've got to make sure that my heart is open to hear from God all the time. And he will guide me in that understanding. Now, I just want to land this a little more. This morning, I've looked at life and I've considered that there is three lots of 30 years. There is the first lot, that's from zero, when, when we are born, through to 30. Now, in that period from zero to 30, we are watered, we are fed, we are nurtured. We are clothed, we are looked after, then we are educated, we start with year one, we go all the way through to year 12, this is in the zero to 30. And then we leave school, we may go to university, we may go and get a job in a local shop somewhere or some other uh, calling. Uh, so we might even meet a lady or a man if we are single and marry. We might even have some children. Usually that's occurring in this first 30 years. I just wonder if Sam and Laura, would you mind just standing right about there, just to represent this. Now, you see, in that first 30 years, you could face the congregation. In this first 30 years, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of things to learn. There's a lot of speed humps you suddenly realise that trip you over and you've got to get yourself back up on your feet. Not everything is sweet. There are challenges. Uh, and so you take this journey from zero to 30 where it's constantly checking out. It's a bit of up and down, but it's also zigzag too. It's kind of you've pulled this way, then you've pulled that. And, and it, it can be painful in that zero to 30. Then we come to the 30 to the 60. I wondered if I could have Dr. Mark. Do you mind, Dr. Mark, just coming and standing? Just represent. You don't have to do a medical on me today. 
Thanks, Dr. Mark. Thank you. you can stand on there. That'd be lovely. This is the 30 to 60. I think he falls in about 48 years old. Um, so I've, I did want to check that. Um, zero to 30 to 60, he represents that. Now, in the 30 to 60 age group, usually that's, that's well-travelled if, if the zero to 30 is well-travelled. And so from 30 to 60, there's quite a bit achieved, usually. It's a bit more plateaued out. It's not pull and shove. You, you can actually see the, the pull and the shove coming and you're a bit more prepared, usually. You know, the bank wants to see you. There's some reason, so you... <laughs> all that. Now, in this period, as I say, it's usually the most productive. You've really settled a lot of things. You've sorted a lot of things and you've got a handle on it and, and you travel through. That is 30 to 60. Then comes the 60 to 90. That's where I fall in. I'm 71. Uh, it's an interesting period of time, 60 to 90. There's a few around here that have gone past the 90. Wow. My stepmom actually reached 104, I think. Wow. Uh, they seem to do well here in the Wimmera. They seem to keep, keep on. So I've asked a couple, young couple, Merv and Margaret, would you like to come? This couple have really struck me since we first came here about four years ago. This couple were in the church then and they're in the church today. Could you come up here, Margaret, on this end? Lovely. I treasure this couple. They've got a beautiful heart. They love the Lord. And they've got their family in God's house. Ronnie's a bit of a handful. But, um, still sorting Phil out. Wendy, Wendy, she's tops. Um, then there's another one in Melbourne, I think. Pam. Haven't met Pam, I think. But this couple, they, they are consistent. They are just plattered beautifully. And uh, celebrating, did you say how many years wedding? 60 years in March. 60. It's this last group of period that I'm probably wanting to focus primarily on because there's a lot of people in this church in the 60 to 90. What happens when you get into the 60 to 90 is this. What you have picked up and gathered from here what you have picked up and gathered from there, you want to give it away quick. Because you can see the, the end sign. It's up there. It's up in the road a little bit further, but it could be any time, actually. And the urgency to give away to this generation, to the young people and to the middle-aged people is important, that it's be taken from this end and distributed because I drive past the cemetery to come to church every Sunday morning and I look in the cemetery, it's got hundreds of people that have been buried there and nothing's changed. Oh, there's some tombstones. They look pretty ancient, old, probably said they'd passed away. You know, it, there's not much value in that end. But whilst we're in this end and we're moving forward, we've got a lot to give away and we need to do it, particularly 
to the next generation. Now this couple here, I love seeing them on a Sunday morning. It doesn't mean to say that I, I come up and, um, and talk a lot. I just know. I just know where they're at. I just know their hearts for God, their stability, their sense of God. And here's a prophetic scripture I want to leave with you guys if I can find it. I'm going to put my glasses on now. No idea how time's going. Okay. Because there is a prophetic word for this couple just as much as for each one, but I'm just particular with this one here. Psalm 71, verse 17 to 18. Can you listen to the heart of these verses for this couple? Oh God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare the wondrous works. Now also when I am old and grey-headed. <laughs> oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Can we give it up for this couple? <laughs> now, there's a lot in this audience in that, in that age group, 60 to 90. I wonder if you'd just like to stand if you're in the 60 to 90. <laughs> there's always one. Awesome. See, these people are, to me, very important people. And here is what I see in the spirit. I see you travelling down a train track. There's two tracks. And they are together, running the same way. On the train track, I see the train and I see several carriages. It's as if you guys are trains and behind you are coming other generations. Several. They stretch way back. Have I seen some long trains in Horsham? I have. I've waited at the crossing. Are they ever going <laughs> to? But behind you too is not only your children and grandchildren and so on, but there are generations who today would only be thrilled if they could be here. They haven't yet been born. And here's the scripture for, for you, if I can find it. Okay. The gist of the scripture, I'll give it to you afterwards, is that you carry the fragrance of Christ. The very fragrance is what attracts people to you guys and it draws you and it will always draw people to him. Let's give a hand for all these people as they go back. Uh, stay standing for a minute. I want to pray for you guys. You are precious in, in God. I remember when Jesus was born and taken to the temple, it was the old people that brought the prophetic word over Jesus back then. It's over you today. Father, I pray that your spirit will touch each person standing on their feet today here. Father, we thank you for them. We love them and we pray that your spirit will guide them and open their mouths with boldness to declare your name. 
Father, we thank you for the truth, for the wisdom, for all that they carry, that, Father, they will find hearts, find good soil and deposit it. Father, we thank you that your word abides forever and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you. Get hold of your valley. Don't wait. Don't waste time. Don't let time just drift by. Get hold. Oftentimes when the Lord calls me to pursue something else, he shows me his scarred hands and he says to me, I've paid a price for you. And I believe that as we look in the face of Jesus, could I have the music team, please? As we look into the face of Jesus, somehow or another he brings clarity into our understanding. As we look into the face of Jesus and we look into his eyes, we see truth and we see compassion and we see understanding, we see healing. And we see wholeness. We see the ministry of Jesus when we look into his face. And today, I want you to be calibrated to see him clearly. Looking unto Jesus, Paul says, the author and finisher of my life. Looking unto him. There's one to whom we can turn and trust and walk with. Start to prophesy over yourself. Start to declare, this is what the word of the Lord says to me. And stand in it, walk in it, and take authority. Today you are looking at a valley. And your valley is clear. You know your valley. You know what is trying to hold you back and hold you down. Today, break it and command it to be broken in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 14 says, For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Take the gift of prophecy. Let's stand, shall we, church? Lord, we just turn our eyes to you. We know that you care. We know that you are the one who has delivered us from darkness and brought us into this marvellous light. Let's sing this together.